This is Brett Hayworth, and welcome to What's the Frequency, our half-hour show that follows the exchange on Siouxland Public Media. Together, the two shows give you a variety of important information on key issues that impact our lives. In this episode, now that the month of February is here, we will dig into Black History Month. Black History Month was first proposed by Black educators and the Black United Students Organization at Kent State University in the late 1960s. Then the first commemoration was at that college in February 1970. Later, it moved to become a national event. There are lots of ways the month is marked as schools and colleges and organizations and churches hold all kinds of events. Joining me today on What's the Frequency are Ike Rayford, the Sioux City NAACP president and a businessman, Kristen Eilders, the Sioux City School District grades K-5 social studies curriculum facilitator, and Lashana Moyle, who is coordinator for inclusive excellence at Western Iowa Tech Community College. Thank you all for being here. To begin, Lashana, you have a hand in some of the ways that the month is commemorated here at the college. What are some events on campus? And I want to make sure that you describe one in particular that, that takes place on February 15th. Okay, so first I will talk about this year we have something that um, the library actually took on and it looks amazing. So if you're able to stop at Western Iowa Tech and check out our library, they have the periodic table of African American history and they created um, a very colorful, periodic element style display and there are um, different African-American individuals represented on each element, if you will, each card, and it gives their um, date of birth and then if they've passed on, then their um, year of death as well. The very cool part about this is that there is a QR code in the corner of each of these elements or cards and you hover over that and it will take you to more information about this individual. So a website that talks about maybe what they've done, what they do, those types of things. And so students and staff and community members alike can really not just see this beautiful bright display that makes you think, hey, that looks really interesting, but then even learn more once you get into it. The event that you're referencing on Thursday, February 15th will be our second annual Power of Hair Expo. We started this last year and it was um, a fantastic hit. And the idea be behind the Power of Hair Expo is just to allow individuals with different styles of hair to be themselves and celebrate in a um, environment where we all belong and feel welcome. We had individuals from the ages of eight up into the ages of 60 who um, participated as models last year and we hope to continue that this year. We will start this event with an educational presentation as we are an educational institution, talk about some of the challenges faced um, for those with different hair within the employment and educational settings. That will be followed by a couple of book readings, youth books, and we will have a Zoom where we have an individual from Healthy Roots Dolls will come in and speak to us about the importance of, of children seeing that natural hair on a doll and being able to actually buy that, take it home, play with that hair, manipulate it, um, and see a doll that looks like them. And then we will end the event with a piece of modeling, hair modeling. So individuals, all they do, not all they do, but they simply get to walk down the runway. And an MC will talk about the style that they are wearing, what it means to them, its importance. And then we also bring in um, various local community members, hairstylists, barbers, et cetera, um, so that our students here can have all of those resources in one place. We have a lot of international students, students from out of state who don't have transportation. And so bringing all of these resources to one spot um, to have this culmination of celebration is really important to us. And so the power of hair seeks to do that. Again, on this episode of What's the Frequency, we have uh, a person from college environment, and we have one from the school district here from Sioux City. 
And there's a lot of interest in um, what's being taught to students in both the K-12 level and also college. There's been a lot of discussion of that nationally. So that's why we wanted to have guests uh, for that issue um, here on What's the Frequency. So to you, Kristen, as, as for what's taught to the Sioux City School District students about Black History Month, how is it determined? How, how often is curriculum revised and like who are the stakeholders who are involved in that? So um, the curriculum kind of is uh, revised. It's on a seven-year cycle when we kind of go through and um, review it. And we want to make sure that it's meeting with um, state laws and that the equity committee has a chance to review the curriculum before we are um, purchasing it. And then we also have, along with that, we also have committee members for each leveling. So we have like K-5 committee for social studies, and then we have middle school content-specific and high school content-specific that are able to look through the curriculum to find what best fits for our students. And as far as Black History Month, we have a um, essay writing contest right now that is for um, high school. They're able to do, and then the winners, their uh, essays are submitted to our district equity committee. And then next year, we're planning to expand that to middle school, and then eventually, hopefully, some of the upper grades in elementary school as well. So it's safe to say that uh, it's age appropriate that at different levels, students would get different different sorts of instruction, correct? Yes. Yeah. There's a segment of the population the last few years that are worried about so-called critical race theory. And I say so-called because a lot of people misunderstand exactly what, what it is. Can you say, is that being taught in this district? And then more specifically, what is the focus of what it is that you want students to ultimately get over the course of, of, of February? Okay. So critical race theory is not taught at um, our K-12 levels. Um, we do have, so when that had come out, there it was House File 802 that we were focusing on. And one part of that was the critical race theory, but it did not apply to what we were teaching in K-12 because we do not teach critical race theory. A large part of the HF-802 was just the overgeneralization of specific groups of people. So what we did as a district is we put together a committee um, with district leadership, um, people from our equity department, and then teachers and leaders from all different areas of content. So we had a lot of English and social studies. It wasn't just social studies specific. And so we would go through the curriculum that we had, the assessments that we had, the literature that we were using to find anything that would in fact be like overgeneralization. Um, and we really want to focus on avoiding the bias when our teachers are teaching, their own personal bias that they bring into it. And so it's very cut and dry that we want to provide students with the facts that are included in our history, but we don't want teachers in order to, we don't want teachers to put their own bias in the teaching. And that's a lot of what HF802 was about too. Like it was just, we want the kids to come to their own conclusions, to do their own research and to find things out on their own without a teacher putting their implicit like bias on it. So we went through all of the assessments um, and then uh, all of the curriculum and the books that they're reading, especially specifically at the high school level, the English books. And then we came up with, a, it's called the HF802 disclaimer that we have as a district. Okay. And anytime there's going to be like sensitive material that's going to be taught, the teachers read this disclaimer that says, if you find the material that we're covering um, uncomfortable, it is your job as a student to let the teacher know either verbally or written. And then we have other materials that we can use to meet that same standard for the student if the materials that we are using make them feel uncomfortable. I'm kind of saying this back to you. Um, an elementary student, a third grade elementary student in this school should be getting the same as what instruction as a third grade elementary at some other school yes, across it's town. Yes, consistent so. across our district. Yeah. So all yeah. elementary, middle, and high school is consistent. What would be the totality of what 
you want students to gain over the course of the month of through black history instruction. So we don't want to just celebrate black people during the month of February. We have it intertwined in our curriculum throughout the entire year. So it might be through different units and different grade levels um, starting in third grade and it kind of hits at different times throughout our history because there are so many black people in our history that accomplishments that they have made that don't just fit into a nice little February box and don't fit chronologically with what we're trying to teach the students about our history. You're making me realize that that was a flawed question to, to, to assume that <laughs> it was only during the month. So thank you for correcting me on that. And that it, Oh, I feel that they should just come away with, I mean, throughout the entire year learning about just the impact that black people have had in our nation and where we're at today and the, the impact that they continue to make in everything and all the aspects of our lives and across our country. And I'm speaking here on What's the Frequency about Black History Month with our guests, LaShawna Moyle of Western Iowa Tech Community College, Kristen Eilders of the Sioux City School District, and Ike Rakeford of the Sioux City NAACP organization. So let's get into that. One last question, I guess, on curriculum. Mm -hmm. So give me an example of the key people and key topics that a, a let's start with youngest, that mm -hmm. elementary students would get and then move up middle school and high school. Okay. So in elementary, we're kind of, um, we kind of set the tone with just identifying historical figures such as like Frederick Douglass, um, Clara Burton, and then the students, as we're trying to teach them how to do research in elementary, like to do really good research, we have historical figures and then significant events. So we'll talk about things centered kind of around the Civil War. So giving them an understanding, kind of like a foundation of what was going on during that time, the significant people involved in some significant events during that time, um, just so that they can understand, go into the middle school kind of with an understanding of why that was happening. Um, in middle school, then uh, seventh grade, our big focus is um, the struggles and accomplishments of black people. We really focus on the importance of human rights. And so we talk a lot about um, MLK, Rosa Parks, uh, Nelson Mandela, Harriet Tubman, really putting the message out there that human rights are important for everybody. And so that's our big focus for seventh grade. Then when we get into high school, it's more the government side of it. So generally government is provided to the 11th grade students, um, but the seniors can also take it too. But that focuses on the constitutional rights. So we uh, talk a lot about slavery during the Civil War, the 14th Amendment, all born here are citizens, and how far we've come. So it's really a matter of dissecting the Constitution, what that means, and how it plays a part in our lives today. And then for Lashana and Ike, I guess I'm looking to have you go back and think back to your own days of being in school. What you, what are your main memories of what instruction was like regarding the, again, the history of black people, how you felt about that? And then if you have kids that were raised in the district, like what their experience, if you remember, if you had discussions at home, what they learned versus what you learned, if that makes sense, maybe yes. Ike first. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, as I, I look, and a quote that you had heard, black history is American history. Uh, it's so true because that's how I was raised coming out of Dallas, Texas. Uh, we grew up in and black history wasn't just for the month of, of February, but it was all year long. Uh, that is the beauty of being able to uh, go to an inner city school, you know, if one would say, uh, but also, you know, in a bigger city, I guess. Uh, what you come to realize is obviously if you uh, are not teaching history, uh, you're doomed to repeat it or, or forget it. And so uh, I am always interested in knowing and hearing uh, if things are being taught. Uh, you know, I grew up uh, where 
every February you did learn about Martin Luther King Jr. You did learn, uh, you know, about mm-hmm. uh, Frederick Douglass. You did, you know, and so those were kind of your boiler point, you know, those yep. people that you always, uh, l- you know, as of late, uh, I love the fact that we are going deeper and we're learning about, you know, all of those others. We're learning about W.B. Du Bois. We're learning about Langston Hughes. We're learning about uh, the, the people that, you know, are unsung heroes. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I could talk about this stuff all day long. Uh, and, and, and just to Kristen's point, you know, and, and maybe we'll get to some of that. But, you know, I, I do want to bring forth some of those numbers that I don't think people realize, you know, because right now, you know, and, and doing some research that I had, uh, we have uh, just at the post-secondary level, you know, states that are really aiming in at this so-called critical race theory or, or whatever you want to call it. But, you know, a, a, in a simpler uh, way of saying it, DEI mm-hmm. uh, and, and the attack on DEI at, at that level is is just unreal. And so uh, I don't want to, you know, take too much time on, but I do want to talk about it at some point. Yeah, <laughs> and we will. Lashana, how about your experience of... My experience. Well, I first wanted to say to Kristen, hearing you use the term um, human rights, love that. Um, I did graduate from Sioux City Schools, K-12, my children as well. And I don't know that I ever heard that within my experience. And I can't speak for my children, but I don't remember them coming home and saying anything about human rights. So I love that this is, is, is the terminology that we're adopting going forward. I think that's a fantastic way to, to move forward with that. Um, in my experience, um, like I... I I wouldn't say it was inner city, right? Sioux City's not as big as. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I remember the the big days. So I remember MLK Junior Day. I mm-hmm. remember you know the discussion about Rosa Parks, and so and those seem to be consistently the ones we talked about. Right. And so mm-hmm. I appreciate that now we are seeming to try to add voices um, and experiences of individuals that we have not talked about. Just like me mentioning the periodic table, right? There are individuals in there that people will probably just be like, oh my gosh, I've never heard of this person, right? And so to start opening the conversation to some of those additional individuals and experiences, because as you said, African-Americans continue to have an impact on society and on us as individuals. And so to continue that conversation, even outside of February, is fantastic. Yes. Any thoughts on what your kids brought home that you remember them discussing? I remember my daughter. My daughter's my youngest, and both of my children had graduated. So <laughs> I'm, an old, I'm, I'm a young mom, but I feel older now because they're both out of the public K-12 system. My daughter talked about um, Martin Luther King Jr. Day, and essentially, Mom, we just watched a video, and you didn't even have to watch it, right? And her disappointment in that because um, I'm biracial. You can't see me. You can hear my voice. I'm biracial. Um, and my daughter's very, very skinned, very, very fair skinned. She passes as white. And so for her, there's this discussion about belonging and and how do I fit in? And and I know where I come from, but others don't when, I, when they look at me, um, sort of a thing. And so she was bothered by that and wanted to spark a discussion in terms of we just watched a video. We didn't even discuss it, right? And and so I think in terms of her growing and, and her sense of belonging, I think there's been some challenges there. Um, my son appears like me, right? So darker skinned. And so those discussions with him are different, right? Um, because he doesn't pass. And so um, we have we have different discussions around being Afri- African-American in this country. Thank you. And I did just want to bring yeah. up a point with that too. So um, we have had the Martin Luther King Jr. videos for a while. And just um, recently mm-hmm. within the last um, three years, we have updated, we actually had some of the, um, and anyway, they had gone out and interviewed community members and made 
um, videos for Martin Luther King Jr. Day that um, are more around like people in the community. And then we've also created um, things such as like Nearpods where they have like um, interactive discussions with other people and collaborative questions that they can ask to really extend that because it was just kind of like a here's a video. And so we really want to make that we really want kids to be able to make a connection to that and to have those like deep conversations with their peers about what it means and how it um, how it affects their life even to this day. Love that. That's awesome. Yes. And I'm speaking here again on Western Frequency about Black History Month with our guest Lashana Moyle of Western Iowa Tech Community College, Ike Rayford of the Sioux City NAACP, and Kristen Eilders of the Sioux City School District. And I have a, a quote that I wanted to read and, and then get you guys' opinion. Um, a few days ago, um, our Vice President Kamala Harris posted on X or Twitter this statement, Black history is American history. Throughout February and all year long, we celebrate the black joy, strength, and culture that are woven into the fabric of our nation and the progress that we fight for each day. So what, what do you think about what she said, Lashana, and what, what do you personally hope that people get out of Black History Month? Yes, black history is American history. I love that, again, there is more of this vocal piece of it. And social media can be good and bad, right? Because it can bring mm-hmm. out positive discussion and not so positive. And ultimately, I'm just hoping that Black History Month, again, provides a space in which we can have these conversations without finger pointing and blame and somebody should feel shame and guilt. Right. We need to have the conversations without that piece of it, without this idea that somebody's got to be at fault. Um, we have to just move forward and we have to realize how it does impact us from when, from the moment we're born until whenever, right? And so having that conversation marked as, hey, we're going to do this in February, great. This giving us a space to do that. But I really hope that we continue it um, on and on and on. And I love the month aspect in the way that we can celebrate it, right? There isn't that negative connotation, but it's celebratory. And that's really how I try and hope to celebrate and to provide programming um, for Western Iowa Tech is in that celebratory facet. Again, we have an educational piece and research is research is research. So the information that comes out, that's research. It's part of our history. And and we're going to talk about that. But then also then to tie in that celebratory piece while creating that sense of belonging and allowing people to understand that they're beautiful no matter who they are and where they are. Absolutely. Uh, You know, I think one of the uh, beautiful things about this is that when we think about black history and we think about February, uh, it's more concentrated, obviously. We can, you know, because I'm, I'm going to tell you in the black community, we celebrate, you know, black history, black excellence uh, all year round when it happens, uh, when it doesn't happen. You know, we're, we're celebrating it because uh, we are proud and we're proud of those that have come before us. Uh, those that are with us and those that, you know, are coming up. Uh, that's why we put such emphasis on our youth and uh, trying to make sure that they uh, get and see what is needed. And, and we want to celebrate them and let them know we want you to do those things. And I think, you know, uh, what's important is that we have to remember that black history is about uh, making sure that our story is not forgotten, that our story is told uh, so often. You know, Lashana said, you know, we don't want people to feel guilty or feel shame uh, about what has happened in the past. I mean, we can't change slavery. You know, it's it's a reality. It's a part of the fabric of America. We get that. We know it. And we don't blame anybody who doesn't look like us 
for that. Uh, but we don't want you to forget that it happened uh, because we realize that, you know what, there are some people who are trying to take us back there, you know, which is why it's important to vote. I thought I'd throw that in there. But anyway, you know, one of the things that we have to remember and make sure that we understand, you know, you hear about uh, we celebrate veterans. We celebrate them all the time, all year long. But, you know. Outside of the Tuskegee Airmen, guess what? We don't celebrate the Harlem Hellcats. We don't celebrate uh, the Black Panthers uh, tank battalion. We don't celebrate those things because we don't know about those things. You know, I was watching a show on the History Channel with Morgan Freeman, and he was really, you know, talking about some of those forgotten stories. Uh, and it took, I mean, think about this. Guys who fought in World War One, Two, you know, black, you know, men, uh, that were never celebrated for their bravery. And it took Barack Obama, President Obama, to award uh, those guys for the things that they did for the wars that we were able to win and America beat, you know, the land of the free. Uh, and yet, you know, those stories were never told. Uh, and so that's why black history is important. Uh, it's so that we are we tell those stories and we want people to celebrate because guess what? The, the, the victories that they had back then is the celebration of who we are today. We all as Americans, whether you're black, white, Hispanic, whatever it may be, we get to, 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 to sit and, and bathe in that victory because of what uh, those men who were proud. Uh, and, you know, we don't, you know, get into the stories of those guys coming back from war and the way that they were treated. I mean, you know, it, it goes there. We want those stories to be out there. We want people to understand that we want our children to know, you know what, be proud of who you are because someone died, someone fought for the right for you to be able to sit in a school <laughs> and, and, and have those things. And so, uh, you know, it, it, it is, it, it's, it's deep, but, you know, <laughs> I get passionate about it. <laughs> As you should. Well, thank you. And, and I think from all three of you speaking, it, it, and this is a, I don't know, a generic way to say it, but if, if Black History Month, what people got in uh, schools was, basic, so to speak, several decades ago or however many years ago. It sounds like it's much more well-rounded, much more, many more people are presented. Is that correct? Yes. I think yes. you all three seems to agree with that. Yep. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think that we are just, we're coming, I mean, just to piggyback off what, um, you know, I, I can, uh, Shauna said, like, we are coming out more with just having the conversation before it just seemed like we were very, like, kind of tiptoe around things and just the very basics. And we are really wanting to give our students that opportunity to have those conversations. We don't want the teacher to put, like I said before, like their bias in on it. We want to just, hey, what do you guys think about this? Have that conversation with each other and know that it's okay to talk about these kind of things and that they should be talking about them and they should be researching things that aren't necessarily in the curriculum, things that they that help to shape our country and continue to shape our country. And we just want our kids to be able to feel safe in having those conversations in a safe place to better I, understand them. And, and can I just jump on that? And, and what we have to be careful of, we don't want to limit because I, 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 we see that that's where we're going with, with critical race theory. We see that that's where we're going when we limit DEI. Uh, we, we see, because DEI, I mean, especially right now, legislation that has been introduced is to post-secondary. It is to the state governments and, and those things. And, and I just want to hit this, you know, these restrictions limit DEI in K-12, post-secondary, state government, state contracts, and pension investments. I mean, and we see that right now that there has been 65 bills introduced in 25 states. And the question is, why? 
why can't we talk about the history? Why can't we talk? And, and, and if we want to go deep, sometimes it's okay that we talk about the Holocaust, but yet we can't talk about slavery. Yeah. And when we think about both of those things, I mean, horrific. Think about that. But yet it's okay. We, we talk about one and not the other. We don't want to talk about the trail of you know, fears or tears. In our limited time that we have here uh, uh, for What's the Frequency, I have two questions I want to get in. I don't know that I will, but there's some you just said, Kristen, something you said I, that I want to go, make sure I go to this question. Any, in any of the three of you, do you find race uncomfortable to talk about? And even so, if you, even so, if it's a yes, why do you think it's worth doing? I, I don't find it uncomfortable talking about it. I, I absolutely enjoy talking about it because I think that's how we uh, demystify some of this. I think that it's having the conversations. We should be able to talk uh, and, and, and have conversations. And remember that conflict is only uh, something when you become so passionate about it that you have to defend it. Uh, we don't have to defend history. <laughs> you know, history is what it is. And so I absolutely enjoy it. And I would welcome the conversation from anybody. I love talking about race, um, which is interesting. It's a conundrum of sorts because I know when I go into a room and, and that topic may or may not come up that others are more than likely going to be uncomfortable about it. So <laughs> I believe that that's actually reinforced my confidence in talking about it is because I know that somebody else may shy away or be uncomfortable or feel challenged in a way that they never have before. Um, and for me, again, as a biracial woman, um, it's just something I believe I've been this is why I'm here is to talk about this, right? I, I, I'm representative of multiple races. And mm. so um, I, I need to have these discussions. And if, if I can do that in a way that lands well on people, then I'm okay with that. Um, but I am also very aware of the fact that others come with that uncomfortability and they don't want to talk about it. And again, it has a lot to do with that shaming and guilt and, and well, does this mean that I've done something or, you know, how can I have made this better? The discussion is just right moving forward from that point. And now that we have this awareness, what can we do with it? Because we can't deny history. We can't, right? right. It's there. And that's Absolutely. why we talk about it, right? It is to help um, catapult us forward, so to say. So not uncomfortable, but I know it is an uncomfortable talk topic. Yeah. Um, and so I guess just speaking, since you can't see me either, I am a white woman. <laughs> and um, I think I, in the past few years, I have definitely grown because I feel like I'm building up my own knowledge about things. And I think that is the key to having the conversations. Um, race used to make me feel very uncomfortable to talk about because I felt like I didn't have any... Um, like any stake in it. I felt like I wasn't coming from a place that was like okay to talk about it because because I'm white. And I just feel like within these past few years and just building up my own knowledge and being in this role about what is important to teach our students and what we want them to come away with, like it is those challenging conversations that I actually like yearn for now because I want to understand the way people feel the way they do or the way that they're seeing history so that I can have a better understanding when I'm looking through the curriculum and the things that we need to teach our students to go beyond just the trail of tears and to talk about, you know, the people that lived here before we lived here. There's just, there's so many powerful conversations to be had. And I feel like once you can kind of get over that fear kind of as you put it where it's just like oh am I should I talk about this I don't know if I should um, and just have those conversations with intelligent people then I think it just helps us all to grow I hate when I have a great topic and I run out of time but that <laughs> but, it, but that is the case but I do before I sign off I do want to 
to say that um, I walked through the Western Iowa Tech Community College Library and grabbed several books off there. They have a big display, maybe kind of close by the periodic table that you were talking about, Lashana. Somehow I didn't see that. I feel kind of dumb about that. <laughs> go but. back, bro. Go back. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there are several books, and I guess I'm going to just do an encouragement of, of, of um, public service encouragement. Go to your library yes. or, or look these up online. They're, they're, here's, here's just a, f- a few titles if for they're them. not banned, no, yeah. go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> Here's a, here's a few titles that, uh, that I noticed that I thought were notable. The Me I Choose to Be, Why Are All the Black Kids Sitting Together in the Cafeteria, mm. and Other Conversations About Race. That's a long title. Why Are All the Black Kids Sitting Together in the Cafeteria, and Other Conversations About Race, and So You Want to Talk About Race. And on, on the, the jacket of the last book, it says that it was written in the attempt to make the seemingly impossible possible, having honest conversations about race and racism, and how they infect almost every aspect of American life. Yes. That's a wrap for this edition of What's the Frequency? Many thanks to our guests, Ike Rayford, the president of the Sioux City NAACP, Kristen Elders of the Sioux City School District, and Lashana Moyle of Western Iowa Tech Community College. Thank you for speaking on these topics related to Black History Month. Thanks for listening, and please join us again next week. Airing this afternoon on Siouxland Public Media will be The World at 3 p.m., followed by All Things Considered. For Siouxland Public Media News, I'm Brett Hayworth.